1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Jack Ramsey's Danny Morang, Brandon Sprig. It's a Tuesday? God, I always do this. What day is it? Yeah, it's a Tuesday. Tuesday. You would think after doing a radio show, I'd remember. But the days don't. don't they, they blend together. That's, that's how this works. Uh, Danny Morang, Brandon Sprigg, uh, a Blue Wire podcast. Jack Ramsey is brought to you by Move Insoles. Uh It has been a little while, not because there weren't things to talk about, not because I didn't want to do this, but because I was beat up and on a lot of, a lot of drugs and... <laughs> I wanted and needed to take a break. Uh, sorry about that. As you can see, the content on the Patreon channel is now uh, fully back to flowing, and we are back here. We will be bringing that sweet, sweet content uh, as we get underway into the holiday season. I'll, I'll even make sure that we keep things going here for the uh, the foreseeable future through the holidays. So there you go. Brandon, how you doing?
2: Uh, I'm good. I'm doing good, Danny. I, you know, I think we're at a point now. What is this? Year three, right? You're three of the pod? Yes. Yeah. you three. Yeah. Crazy to say that out loud. Wow. I I know. We're old. Kind of wild. I think year three, I don't think you really need to explain anything anymore. I think everybody listens to the podcast is aware that physically you're 88 years old (laughs) and that if we're just off for like a week and a half, it's because your body's broken down and you're high on drugs trying to heal up. And uh, it's good to be back. There's a lot to talk about tonight, but I don't think you need to. Yeah, see, there you go. I don't think you need to tee people up. With what happened in the last week and a half or so.
1: May cause dizziness. Huh. Who knew?
2: Yeah. Start those right now. Let's get it going. <laughs> it's
1: not a bad idea. Everything hurts. Look, uh, I'm even festive. My wife would kill me if I didn't show this off.
2: Look, Is that your doo-wop know. wreath?
1: It, it's not. It's my It's my, It's my. my wife wreath. Oh, I like that. Those, little, little, those are little basketballs in there.
2: Yeah, little b-balls in there. Yeah, I like she, that little bow at that. the
1: top. There you go.
2: Yeah, so she made that. I just have uh, I a have beautiful... <laughs> this beautiful white wall to is it make white my or is it is, is, is it is it taupe well see here's the thing it's actually more of like a cream color and uh i painted this wall cream color to make my teeth look white because they're actually not so oh. like oh
1: you know what i'm saying yeah i like that
2: huh? yeah gets, my Looks teeth good. just get
1: like washed out by this insanely bright light that's in front of me
2: well i i do a gambling show every sunday night mm. and my my co-host you have to look like you're physically able and willing to steal their money with that smile I do because she she fake tans and she has like perfectly white teeth. Oh, and no way. I'm, I'm not I'm not tan and my teeth aren't as white. that is actually
1: the recipe for for gambling shows is to have a attractive woman who is tan with pearly whites and an ugly white man next to her to make them look even better.
2: It's really awkward when guys randomly tweet her, but my name's attached in the tweet, and I get tweets. It's like, "You look so gorgeous," and I'm just, I want to respond, "Thank you." I you see that's
1: the difference between you and I. I would.
2: Well, I, I did well, one it's, time. It's
1: I, this it's this new it's this it's this new uh, uh, skincare routine that I'm doing. That's what it is.
2: Thank you. I've I've been moisturizing. Uh, <laughs> I want to I want to actually start with something that's non-blazer real quick. We'll get so, into the blazer stuff. I just wanted to get your thoughts. Um, What did you think of the IST year one, the in-season tournament? Mm -hmm. Uh, I just kind of wanted to pick your brain on that real quick. The Lakers Lakers win it against the Pacers. Halliburton, a great story through that thing. Um, But it ended up being a pretty competitive. I know the Pacers didn't play a great game in the final, but it ended up being pretty competitive throughout. Uh, What did you think of it? I
1: thought it served its purpose. The NBA looked at it as a sunk cost that they knew they weren't going to get a ton out of right out of the gate, but it appears that the the overall numbers 26 to 27%. That's the increase in viewership. I think that they knew that's about what they were shooting for in year 1 and that's what you have kind of to look forward to to build upon and then it's about can you get people to, to watch more in streaming? Can you get people more to watch on other platforms? Uh, but overall, year over year, they were up uh, over 25%. I think it's the thing that matters most is that you're getting, A, more viewership. B, you're getting viewership that matters before Christmas. And the big part of that um, package beyond that is getting Tyrese in his second bleeping game on national TV. Isn't that unreal? No, it's not, because this is what this league has done, and they've been so stupid about it. They, mm-hmm. they only they want to market Boston and New York and L.A. Ah, I mean, again, where is LeBron James successful at for the first nine years of his career? Mm-hmm. That international metropolis that is Cleveland, right? John Morant, Memphis, Shea, OKC, Halliburton, Indianapolis make Dame was one of the most marketable players on the entire planet in a geographical outpost in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Giannis in Milwaukee. Like we, we don't need to put the Lakers on TV 46 times anymore.
2: I know It's it's just
1: so dumb.
2: It's ridiculous to me too. You're hitting on something right up my alley, because like I we both really like the NBA. Like outside of the Blazers, we love watching NBA basketball. Oh, I will watch Halliburton every single time he's on TV, man. He is so fun. It's but it's what's wild to me is like they're not they're not following the recipe. The NFL they they the they, NFL will show back up. They show you what it is. They will show you the recipe. Well, yeah, but like they'll give me two backup quarterbacks and not give a crap, and I'll go. Okay, I'm watching. Like you put it on television, we'll watch. It's it's insane to me. Yeah, I don't
1: I don't understand it. So they continue to pump like tonight's Lakers, Mavericks, and then you know Warriors, Suns, and it's like put more Kings on, teams. Yes. put the Calves on, right? Put the Nuggets. They're your reigning champions on.
2: Yeah.
1: So I. I'm just,
2: I, I will admit I, I'm
1: old man shaking my face in the cloud right now that is the NBA.
2: No, 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 no. That's that's not an old man take you have. That that's a pretty, I think, logical take for people our age and even younger that are like, yo, we like basketball. Give us other basketball. Don't just give us the same five teams. I will admit though, I, I kind of trashed this idea last year going into it. Ended up really liking it. I was jealous. I, I can't believe I'm saying this. Not that it matters. Nobody's going to remember who wins all the IST tournaments, but and I hate the semis being in Vegas. I hate the colored courts. I get why they did it, but I don't like it. I was I was genuinely jealous. I I think I want the Blazers to be in the IST conversation next year.
1: I think it's a good good way to to kind of put all that together is to kind of take that step and I think honestly it was helpful for the Pacers to kind of Move their way up, not only to get that exposure, but to get that ratchet up kind of feeling. You know, they beat the Celtics, they beat the Bucks on their way yeah. through through things. Those are like those are steps to take in building a team. they're, they're a player away from being truly competitive. Halliburton, and I, I, this is this is the craziest thing: is he's a top five, top seven player in the league. Oh, like, Danny, got, he's he's I got to be in
2: the MVP conversation he, he, he squarely. He
1: gen, genuinely does. And I know people are like, oh, he's not. Yes, he is. By yes, he literally is. every metric he, he is, he's the most efficient scorer in the NBA right now. Last I checked, his, his effective field goal percentage is like almost 64%. He has the highest assist, assist ratio in the entire NBA. Like, Not only does his team count on him, he also has the best assist to turnover ratio for all of the volume guys. Like, No matter what efficiency stat you look at, he's number one and he's doing it at insane volume. He's not. Yeah. It's not like he's like getting four assists and zero turnovers. He's getting fifteen assists in a game and zero turnovers. Oh, and by the way, they're playing at the fastest pace in the league. Mm-hmm. Like the, the math isn't mathing around the guy, and he's taking a team that is missing another star player. Miles Turner's a nice player. Obi Toppins a totally fine role player. Uh, nee Smith is a totally fine role player. Uh, ben Mather. He-
2: Heels fine, Matt. Body heals yeah. it, like
1: it's all role players. It's like varying mm-hmm. levels of like pick a role player that fits your scheme for the night, which is why they've been like pretty successful. Is they can kind of mix and match some things, but Tyrese Halliburton is the thing that makes everything work. Yeah. If they get a, I know it's like if they, but if they had like a Jalen Brown kind of player there, they they'd be a monster.
2: What about OG? There's a rumor about OG. I, Raptors are terrible this year. They
1: are, and I like the fit. I. They need somebody else, I think, with a little more wiggle. Okay. Because OG, but but that's also part of it, is OG, wherever he goes, that's what he wants to do. That's part of his issue in Toronto, is he feels like he's just been kind boxed of boxed into, 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 like, you're the 3 and D guy, and you don't really get to dribble. Now, right. I don't know if he necessarily has that to his game, but adding a defensive stopper who's a legitimate all-defensive player, like a first-team all-defense stopper, would be a massive thing for them, even if it wasn't, like, the perfect fit. So, yeah. if they did that, I'd be okay with it. Because I don't... They're clearly too good now to suck. Like, to go, like, add through the lottery kind of deal. Like, unless what happened last year, which is Halliburton and Turner... Or Halliburton getting hurt and Turner kind of getting turn, or turned turned or off. Uh, they got... Remember, they got Jairus Walker in the draft. And he's just not ready. Yeah. But if he does... Find something here in a year or two, and then you add OG to it. Now maybe you're cooking with something. Now maybe you're cooking with something. It's it's going to be it's interesting to see what they've got.
2: Yeah, it's something that I'm 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 definitely following. Like I, I said it on the radio show. I have teams in every sport that just you'll you'll say a random team, and I'll tell you if I like when they're good. Like I randomly for no reason will say I like when the Minnesota Vikings are good in the NFL. The Indiana Pacers absolutely one of those for me i grew up with the pacers being relevant reggie miller was in my life i like when the pacers are good and they care about basketball in that state so mm-hmm. i you know this isn't the caitlin cooper podcast this is the jack ramsey's podcast i think we talked enough indiana pacers basketball here shout out our, our homie C- caitlin cooper she
1: is gonna come on though she uh, she had some stuff pop up so she's gonna come on and talk uh the development of tyrese and kind of like what she's seen and, and some parallels for watching young players grow
2: I well, I can't wait to talk with her. She's probably one of the more knowledgeable people I think covering this, the she's, entire sport. She's brilliant. That's the, yeah.
1: yeah, That's it is what it is.
2: Uh, let's let's talk a little. bit In a couple games, let's talk about the return of uh, one Anthony Simons. I think we've all been awaiting this because he unfortunately got hurt, so he missed a few weeks. Makes time. the return. What going into the half of game one? It's ridiculous. Uh, Remember, he
1: he got dumb hot. I think he hit. I think he was six for six in the second quarter. It was like, oh, there he is, and then he missed literally everything the rest of the game because he tore the ligaments in his thumb. He <laughs> continued to play with to- with a torn thumb, and it was like, ah, oh, this isn't working.
2: Well, he finally comes back, and in the three games back, Danny, he's averaging thirty-two and five on forty-four percent from three. Obviously, another big game last night uh-huh. in LA, and what ended up being a pretty close contest versus the Clippers. Uh, we see pretty quickly what it means for some of the other guys to have a guy like Ant back, don't we?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, everybody knows where I stand with Ant, uh, and it's not like I i knew he was going to be a guy who could be an offensive engine. I always said from the jump, I know two things about him. I know he can, he's got an incredible shot, and I know he can get it off against anybody. If you don't believe me, you can go back and check the tape in the draft. I was on the stage with, with Dwight and Jason and everybody else, you know, going over the immediate picks between him and, and Gary Trent Jr. and they, everybody kind of looked at me like, "You watched IMG tape of, of this scrawny kid?"
2: Nobody like, believed you, by the <laughs> way, in that moment. I'm like, yeah, you didn't watch IMG tape,
1: and I and I did because I'm a sicko. Um, but Shaden is the guy who's benefiting the most from Ant coming back because he's now in a spot that makes sense for him. OK, you can take a look at the at all of the the numbers, whether it's the second spectrum stuff from memory or straight from um, um, second spectrum itself. It's a you take a look at where Shaden worked um, in the pick and roll. If I if I sort things, basically, like if you take a look like coming in tonight, Luca had already run nine hundred and sixty pick and rolls. Right. That's a lot. Um, for, for comparison's sake, uh, is at 376. Okay. About a third. (laughs) That's insane. But he had high volume when everybody went down and he was running things. Okay. So Luca for the bar here is averaging 1.07 points per possession in the pick and roll, which is very good, particularly Mm -hmm. at that volume. Like that's, that's crazy. The only players worse than Shaden, Keontae George, Eric Gordon, Taylor Horton Tucker, Russell Westbrook, Scoot Henderson, Jeremy Sohan, Shake Milton. Mm. So basically what I'm saying is that's not Shay's game. And asking yeah. him to do that is he's not ready to do that. He's not supposed to be that. So moving Shay off ball allowing him to be more comfortable coming off pin downs coming off back screens coming off zipper cuts ucla action, like whatever you want to do hell i saw the blazers run floppy the other night and I, i almost crapped a brick it's the first time i've seen them run floppy in probably six years um it's it's allowed him to be in a much more familiar spot and pick and choose kind of when he wants to put his foot down, which is kind of like the next development stage for him of, like, he needs to have his foot mostly down all the time. He can back off a little bit, but then it needs to really come down later on in games. And that's kind of the the next step both for him and for Anthony. Like, I saw some people, look. Anthony was a ball hog last night in the game, and it's like... (sighs) If you go back and watch the tape, you can see Anthony Simons or Shaden Sharp get off the ball three separate times in the final minutes because he didn't want it. And it's not because he's scared. He's just not ready. And he's looking at Ant, who at this point in time is, what, 32 on, you know, 18 shots. Mm -hmm. They're like, "Mm, probably going to go stick with him. Why? Because he's breaking and bending defenses and allowing things to happen. And so that's the kind of the spot that Shaden is fitting into just so much better.
2: Danny, can I ask you something you you highlighted there, him playing without these guys who obviously they're still going through injuries. You didn't have Brogdon Grant or DA last night. They've been banged up. It's been a bit of a mash unit, but when you mentioned playing off ball with ant versus what he is with the ball. I mean, I I don't know about the whole ball hogging thing. I didn't see that when I watched the game. That wasn't kind of my takeaway. I, I thought I saw actually a, a pretty high-level score getting to his spots and getting shots that he liked, that he wanted. I also saw a guy giving the ball in grenade spots, five seconds or less on the shot clock. Here you go, Ant, save us. He had one on the kind of fading towards the baseline, pulling up on the left that he ended up hitting, and it's just like that was a hell of a save. He got that ball with four seconds on the shot clock and made something out of nothing. You about the DH show
1: early in the fourth quarter. Yes. Wraith uh, came up on the reset and was like, Save us, it And he grabs yeah. it, drags down the the uh the sideline, hits a leaning, running, eighteen foot fadeaway uh pull-up over James Harden as the shot clock expires. And then he just trots back on defense like it's nothing.
2: Well, I, I wanted to ask you how like at this point of Shaden's career, because he's still so young, mm-hmm. how like the, how can I phrase this? The growth of running off ball with a high level score. Versus being forced once in a while to be the guy on ball because injuries suddenly occur. Like it's not. I'm not suggesting that he can He can ever be a creator, or go get his own look. Sure. But merely, I thought he looked really good off ball with Ant.
1: Oh, uh, god, yes. Because it, again, I think it allows him to like work his way in to find his spots, so he doesn't have to work as hard for shots. The flip side of that is his Ant has to find his he has to perhaps work harder it's more
2: on him right yes and
1: thats but that's the thing he's he's in a spot where he's more and more and more comfortable in doing that like you i think the biggest problem brandon with if you're a blazers fan is you just watched damian lillard take on double teams regularly and eviscerate them for a decade so you think that's normal right that's not normal behavior That's top 10 player in the NBA. Like, those are the only guys who do that. Because, number one, outside of that group, nobody gets that respect. Which is, again, this is why I keep trying to tell everybody, teams are terrified of Anthony Simons. There's a reason why Ty Lue is going, we're going to send two at you. Norman Powell played him at 40 feet away and made the rest of the Blazers play four on four during that game. They're like, you're not getting this back. Mm Mm-hmm he will willingly take on a double team and then play four on three, kick the ball out, stretch the defense out, string them out, find it, let them play. But he will also take on the double team and attack it and put them even under more pressure. And in doing so, it opens up things for everybody else. How different does that look with D.A. and J.G. on the floor? Right. And that's going to be the question kind of going forward is, you know, how does that look with that next group is how likely are they to win the game against Utah fully healthy? Pretty likely. How likely are they to win the game last night?
2: I, I think they probably could have done it.
1: How likely are they to beat the Warriors the other day?
2: I mean, yeah, probably trounce them, not just blow a lead.
1: And I think you can say that about a lot of the games. I, I don't, I'm not saying this to say that they just be this great team. I'm just saying there's a probably there's a pretty solid chance that they're winning some more games. I still don't think they're going to break the over because I think that come yeah. trade deadline you're going to see one Certain more one more turn into the skid sure. because they need to make sure that they have as many assets as they can going forward. But beyond that, like you're seeing like you're seeing how good Shaden can be. You're seeing how good Ant can be. Let's see what it looks like when you've got some more things out there. Because, look, one of the things last night in that game is, as great as Ant was, the next step for him is watching him learn how to score and be more efficient in the fourth quarter after doing what he did for three quarters. Because right now, his he doesn't understand the pacing so that he has enough gas in the fourth quarter to be able to find those those spots.
2: To finish, to close those games out. Because he has to do so much in the first right, three leading quarters. leading into it, yeah.
1: And I think you can see last night, the legs weren't quite there, and I've seen the, the pushback of, well, why aren't they giving it to Shaden? Because Shaden is not a primary initiator, and asking him to initiate against Kawhi bleeping Leonard, or PG, is asinine. That's not, you're not setting him up for success. If you want to say, well, maybe they should run some stuff for Shaden off ball, I wouldn't argue. But I also think that there's been opportunities for that this season that Shaden has turned down. So if Shaden himself is deferring to Ant in that moment, I think you let kind of Ant do what he does and you, and you live with what happens there.
2: Well, how much of the legs too, I think this is the interesting part. And and may, I don't know if you've talked to Ant Recently, but I think the interesting thing to me with Ant and watching him is not only the aggressiveness in the first three quarters, not that he wasn't aggressive at all in the fourth, but more just pointing out the first three quarters, Mm -hmm. the aggressiveness and the ability to get to the line. He's averaging and look, it's a small, tiny sample size, but we talked about this. You date this podcast back a couple of years ago. This is the thing we wanted to see out of CJ. We brought this up with CJ was CJ was an elite scorer, but. He's a midi who didn't get to the line. He wasn't going into the pan and drawing fouls very often. And Ant, up until last night and the last few games, largely hasn't been a big free-throw attempts guy. It's one, it's two, it's two, it's two. And now, again, small samples, he's at six. He shot 13 last night. Him and Shaden combined for 22. I think that's the other thing I was wondering was, is he, is he gassed and winded? He was more aggressive and got the line more than he has in a long time, if ever— Plus, he's returning from injury, and there's always going to be some in-game conditioning happening with these guys, even though they're professional athletes.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the big thing is that Ant has found ways to get to the free throw line now. And you saw him in the Golden State game; he was visibly frustrated. He like Ant's not a guy who complains. Like I know people say that like, oh the player X is Ant just doesn't really talk much. That's that's kind of how he is, and the fact that he is talking a little bit more is, is a mark of growth for him but even more than that, like if you see him bitching about a call, he got hit. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> throw it out the window. The dude got hit. You know, it's that it, that's just, it is what it is. Um, but he's also the, the, the part of that is going to the rim. And this is what CJ knew. You get beat up and it can wear you down. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where there's a little bit of a trade off there. So he's got a, He's got to figure out exactly when and where and how he's going to go to those spots. And that's, again, we were so spoiled from watching Dame do it for basically seven years in an elite level that we forget of what the growth looks like. Like, if you look right now, Ant's numbers, again, it's only four games, are well ahead of Dame's numbers at age 24. Like, I think you have to look at this and go, does Ant have another gear? You have to look at this and understand that this season isn't just about scooting Shaden. No. That, that it is it is very much the one who might be most important this year and going into next year is Anthony Simons.
2: He is completely, Danny, he has completely shifted my view on the season, to be honest with you. How so? The way, the way I kind of Look, I, I imagined they'd be a 6-16 six and 16 team. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it would look like this, which is – I, I want to get to a part of that. But just in watching it, like how many of these games – I know they, they've had some games, a couple stinkers here or there. But, like, they were down 19 to Dallas. They cut within that. They got back with one in the fourth quarter. Like, when Ant is operating at an elite level efficiently, it makes me – it it brings bigger questions to my head whereas like going into the year I thought they were going to be a trash ass team that wasn't going to compete on a on a nightly basis was going to largely get their teeth kicked in and they were going to take their rookie lumps with scoot and what he was going to be mm-hmm. and I didn't know how the balance of scoot minutes and look I didn't see injuries coming but like the scoot minutes and ant minutes and shade minutes I knew they were going to have to figure that out some way but I didn't have a viewpoint of ant I viewed ant as more of a um, a really good player who's kind of on the outside of the situation, not his fault, and it shifted the kind of way I viewed the team now in 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 some ways and I'm I'm kind of curious to see what I think about this mm-hmm. when February's here, when March is here. And you're talking about probably not a very good team record-wise, but maybe a team still playing hard for their coach and still giving effort night in and night out. He is Anthony Simons has made me Recalibrate the way I'm viewing and thinking about this team's future. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is
1: I get a lot of, oh, we're going to go down the James CJ path. I don't think they are because I think they're going to make a decision. And let's not get it twisted. You have to make a decision on Ant or Scoot within the next two years.
2: I think a year and a half is kind of the timeline in my head. A, year, right? and a half, I- year and a half, two years.
1: But that's such an eternity in the NBA. Because the question you have to ask yourself, as good as Scoot is, 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 is profile should be, if Ant turns into, like I've heard other players compare him to Devin Booker. I'm I do not get it twisted. That's not what I'm saying, but they have I've had other high level players compare him to Devin Booker. Like I've heard other coaches talk about him and how terrified they are of him offensively, because he is one of the five best shooters in the entire league. And so there's this guy who can do a ton off the bounce at all three levels. And if all of a sudden he starts being able to pass better on the move, he is consistently getting to the line and he's passable defensively. And you start looking mm-hmm. around, and you're like, this guy's averaging 27, 6, and 4 on. 45 40 90 splits and you're like
2: uh guys i think we found the thing we were looking that's, for yeah that's not something you're just willy-nilly <laughs> like all right let's trade him now and cash in on some draft capital yeah, like, that's not like, something easy done no and that's the thing is like the the thing
1: that you want from that offensive hub and, I, and this is the thing that celtics would kill to have like and i'm not saying and better than jaylen or, or jason um but they don't They don't have that kind of fear at all three levels because those guys just want to kind of sit there and dance, and they're not the level of terrifying shooter to game plans that Ant can be, that Dan can be. Like, the guy that you've seen, this isn't even theory. We've seen Ant hit six threes, seven threes in a quarter. Mm -hmm. We've seen him score 20 in a quarter, what? a half dozen times stuff that most guys in the league literally never do. And we've Mm -hmm. seen him do it. If you look over the last three years, it's him and Steph Curry for the most games, uh, most games with guys that have hit nine or more threes. It's those two. That's it. Yeah. If you look since this, this is it's again, this is small sample size theater. It just kind of makes me raise my eyebrow of like, huh, I wonder if this is anything indicative or it's a little bit of a high spell before things settle in, is that since Ant has come back, two players have hit more threes, Steph Curry and Bojan Bogdanovich, hilariously, five players have hit more free throws. If you're drilling the second, third most threes, and your top ten in free throws generated and, and knocked down, like that's an offensive hub, man. Like I don't you're dating, know. You're,
3: you're
1: <laughs> yeah, like that's <laughs> and again, it's only been three games, and I'm I'm not going crazy with it, but like these are the markers that I'm watching of like because everybody told me that no, he's taking he's taking that leap. Like, you should see well, him. He's taking a the leap, thing, like, beyond what you think yeah. he's taking.
2: The crazy thing is you're talking about small sample size uh, theater, and sure, that might be true, but, like, dude, you could rattle off right now because I think you have the tab up. Anthony Simon's three-point percentage. You could rattle off what? Uh, the, the runs, these mini runs he goes mm-hmm. on randomly, like the game where he beats Milwaukee and Milwaukee and then Memphis at Memphis, and it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's a different level. Like when you see it happen, you recognize it because you see it so very, so like so very few times that when it does happen, you're like, oh, oh, that's a little different. That's not that's not everyday point guard stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Like we'll get to Scoot here in a minute, but like Scoot had a great game last night. He did.
1: And again, I'm saying all this not to like say that they've made the decision. Well, I'm no, I I know.
2: know. It's just where we are right now with Yes. yes. But my point is, like, I'm a gambling man. If you allow me the opportunity to bet under on percentages and point totals for the Utah game on Friday, I'm I'm probably, or Thursday, excuse me, I'm probably betting the under on Scoots, whereas, like, I don't have that same thought and feel on Ant. Now, I know Scoots 19, what was Ant at 19? I get those are very mm-hmm. different things, but we Scoot, also... Scoots is just,
1: way ahead of where Ant was at 19. There's...
2: Well, from a physical standpoint, absolutely. But like there's also elements, too, that I think you see like shooting is going to be difficult, right? He's going to have to prove Mm -hmm. a lot of people wrong because his percentage probably is going to be very strong. So I just think there are tells with Ant that, yeah, the sample size isn't large. But when you've seen it at an elite level, you recognize it and it's okay to call that out. And that's I think that's what we're hitting on right now.
1: And that's what makes all this so interesting in the fact of, you know, they are losing games. And I, I want it to be clear for folks. Like, I'm not trying to raw, rah either Ant or any of these guys. But I told all of you at the beginning of this process of this teardown, I'm not hunting for the negative. Not well, We don't year. need to talk about we don't No, lost that, that, that's what I mean. Like, fine. But I'm saying, like, I've seen some people like, oh, you just don't want to talk about. You're right. I don't. Because there's so much I can sit there and shred apart. And they're losing so many games. I don't want to live in that. I want Thank to. You, Jimmy, I look. I just want to. <laughs> ma- I look. I, talk about the say good. Face some
2: positive shit.
1: Yeah. Talk about the good. And that's <laughs> because that's what I'm trying to find this year. Because this year is. Do not get it twisted. Stop trying to say this team's going to make a play in. They're going to make a push at the end of the season. This is a. This is unequivocally a developmental year.
2: Not a good team. Yeah.
1: They are six and sixteen. They are. Folks, ladies and gentlemen, da, 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 You're the fourth da, da. worst team. <laughs> Thank you. Look, You're the fourth it's, it's, worst team. It's felt close, but if you look at all the metrics, all the projections based on what they've done, even with these close games, they yes. profile as let's go ahead and update today's league summary. <brewing> <voting> they profile as per Cleaning the Glass, a 23.8 win team. Yep. Yep. That, ladies and gentlemen, would be. The under.
2: The under.
1: Four and a half games, in fact. Yeah. And you could say, yeah, they've had injuries. Maybe some things will go their way. Maybe they'll make up four games. They're still under. But that's the, that's point. the season, like,
2: guys. Yes. That's how and, basketball goes sometimes. And
1: that's, and, that's, and that's okay. That's okay. Can but I? The, these are the markers that we should be looking at and going, okay. Now, next year, when you have some data, To work with on guys, yeah, on two, on Ant, on Scoot, on Jabari, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: then you have on Shaden. Then you can just kind of going from there.
2: I I wanted to. I'm trying to do this consistent segment on the pod called X's and Nos. I know you do the Patreon where you Mm kind of dive into things in every game and you give thoughts on players and evaluations. I I want to kind of stick. This is this is in the positive realm because again, like I just. I don't want to do a podcast for an hour and just talk about depressing crap that, like, we all know. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to talk about the good here because we've seen this team be competitive with some good teams. We've seen this team damn near beat teams that going into the year, I don't think we thought they would beat. And I know some team like Minnesota being the one seed, is a surprise for people, whereas, like, the Warriors being what they are is also a surprise. Mm-hmm. But when you see them come back within one against Dallas – Or come back and leading against the Clippers very briefly and then ultimately losing in the fourth quarter. I thought Habistro, for example, had a great stat on the broadcast last night where he pointed out just how much full-court pressures they apply and how that comes to previous years. What, to you, what's real about their style of play?
1: The intensity. I, I, I say this with the utmost praise and joy imaginable. Two is a giant asshole. And I mean that, like, I could not give higher praise.
2: He seems like one.
1: And, I and like, he's not that as a human. It's on the floor. The man is a terrorist.
2: The competitive stuff, yeah. yeah.
1: So I've talked to probably about a dozen opponents now about, um, you know, what they've seen from Scoot, what they've seen from Ant, what they've seen from Two, just trying to get a feel mm-hmm. on guys. Every single guard that has been picked up by Two is like, that dude is a mother bleeper.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, every single one of them has been like, I hated it. He's just on me and on me and on me. They're like, he's relentless. It's like, it's not fake. And he goes, he talks cash shit, too, the whole time. And I'm just sitting there going, good, good, good. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sitting here loving this. And it's so funny because he was like, I don't really talk that much. And I'm like,
2: somebody's lying. He's. Why would uh, the opponent lie about that, too? <laughs> <laughs> it's a random dumb thing to lie about man
1: it's he, he says like well if they start talking i'm i'm not gonna let them not talk
2: oh god so
1: it's like it's that which is fine yeah but uh he's he does this in practice like i can talk to guys like he's like this in practice he doesn't let good. up good so like that's real and i genuinely think that is something that is infectious like
2: Is that Chauncey thing, or you think this is like two, like two bringing? I I think it's,
1: I think it's both. I think Chauncey kind of
2: embodies that, and two has that. You know, like I, I know you know this, but saying what you're saying out loud, like to hear that the second round guy that they just traded for this summer, as a rookie, is the best defensive wing they've had since Nick Batum. And is maybe resetting the intensity of the franchise. Like mm-hmm. that's some wild stuff to be saying yeah. out loud. And mm-hmm. I don't think you're saying that lightly. No. And that is a hell of a compliment to a young player. Yeah. No, he gets
1: it. He knows this is how he's going to play in the NBA. This is how God he gets on the floor.
2: God bless this kid.
1: Hey, look, he, he's he's not immune to making a mistake or two. He makes them regularly.
2: But hit twenty shots in a game. We know he makes mistakes. <laughs> hey, look, I talked about to
1: him after practice, <laughs> and he was like, eh, it "Was you know, maybe Chauncey told me maybe a little too much." Maybe a, little, maybe a little too much. Like Two gets it. He had a little smile on his face. So, I, I would pay so, money. Somebody asked him if, if he's ever going to take that many shots again. He's like, oh, you never know. Like, uh, he shot like
2: six uh, times last night. I would pay uh, money, money to watch Chauncey bring that, him in. That to conversation? Shot.
1: Yes. Two, 20's too much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it is what it
1: is. But you know what, man? Somebody take some shots. Like, look, there's some Wes Matthews in him of like, Oh, you're not going to take the shot. Yeah. So I will give it to me. And like, I, I like that confidence of like, yeah. you're not going to do it. Somebody has to. Right. Might as well be me. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's an inherent level of confidence there. That's, that's real. And I think that that emanates from him as part of who he is. And look, we'll talk about Scoot here in a minute. Scoot, is a defensive competitor, man. He'll get on the floor and immediately pick up all 94. Like, he's just, whoop! He's he's a foot off the line, just, let's go. Yep. Let's go. And, you know, he'll pick up a dumb foul here or there, but he'll compete. You know, he had that yeah. rip uh, on the the fast break by James Harden last night where he rips it away, and then Harden kind of poked it back out off to him. He let it go and got the steal. Stopped the transition, got the turnover. It's like, mm-hmm. So you see this competitive. You saw Ant fighting with Kawhi. Look, Kawhi Leonard is going to Kawhi Leonard. There's nobody last night that was going to stop him. But you see Ant fighting with Kawhi Leonard for position, trying to deny Kawhi you know, backing him up and throwing him back. You see uh, WAP, 27-year-old rookie, out there competing. You know, Jabari, his engine's always running high. Like, you look at this team, Shaden, even though he just looks like he just, you know, woke up, you know, got out of bed and has got a drug rug on. He plays with some intensity, man.
2: He does. Yeah.
1: Like the, it, does it wane every now and then defensively? Yeah. He's a second year player, but this team hasn't lacked intensity. They've come out of the gate. Maybe a little crappy, Utah, Cleveland,
2: uh, Dallas, yeah. Dallas, Dallas at home. Yeah, Dallas at home yeah. But I'll
1: tell you what, they get their ass chewed at halftime and buddy Chauncey's done it a few times. They come out with a renewed focus, and they're like, well, why didn't they come out with a focus in the beginning? Well, number one, they've been missing half their freaking roster most of the season. Number two, Mm -hmm. they're a young team. They don't know what it takes. And not having Brog, JG, and DA out there is huge because those guys are your tone setters. And so it's become incumbent on Ant, who's learning how to do that.
2: You know... It's, it's an underrated thing to say and i know it, it may not make sense to some people given their record but when you watch, watch them with or without the vets and and obviously having amp back is is huge so there's a smaller sample size there but like it, it just feels like a team that likes each other you know what i mean like it, it seems like a team that gets up for one another for the most part like when that's when a
3: team makes that a they're, good play
1: they're, the bench standing them. up Yeah, that's the thing that they're working on. So because the trade with Dame was so late, these guys didn't get their August runs in, and their late September runs. I mean, the Dame trade was, what, September 28th? About that, yeah. I think it was the 28th or 29th. So camp's going. Because for those that don't know, usually guys come in, probably half the team, especially the back end and the young guys, they're in in late August. Labor Day hits, everyone's in the gym and it's the unofficial start of camp. Coaches can't right. be there, but they're running. They're getting in shape. They're getting their timing. They're getting, getting to know each other. They'll work some stuff up. That's why Chauncey brought them all down to, to Santa Barbara again. It was kind to get them to bond. But they really weren't bonding yet because it was still so many new parts, and then Ant gets hurt, then Time Lord gets hurt, then Brog gets hurt, and Scoot's struggling, and then Scoot gets hurt, and it's just yeah. this jumbled mess, and nobody's really right, and so they're – they're still figuring out their timing. And in that process, they're, they're st- they're figuring each other out. One of the fun things about being in the locker room is that, um, you know, who are really good friends now, or appear to be good friends is our Jeremy and Matisse. And I can hear the, you know, you hear their conversations and it's like, Oh, this is, a, this is a this is a different connection that you, maybe you didn't expect. Uh, Ibu Baji just came back to the team uh, what a week ago, two weeks ago now. They love Baji like the, the whole room. Like he walks in there, like Baji's always smiling, and he just brings that energy. Skylar Mays, maybe the nicest guy in the NBA, and <laughs> like legitimately just the yeah. salt of the earth human being that you just can't help but root for. Right. Um, and so like they're getting to know each other and that bonding and liking each other if you're a superstar team and i'm talking superstar team that has like the ability to win no matter what you can get by not liking each other if you're all pros it just won't last you get yeah. one maybe two years out of it for golden state mhm they had like the kd had to go like everybody just had enough of everybody's shit there's too many egos in the room. It's just, what's not going to keep working? You know, Somebody right. was going to get punched in the face. Ultimately, that's somebody, Jordan Poole. Um, but you you just try to figure this stuff out, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't on a chemistry level, because that's what GMs do. Because it's not just the how good are they on the court. The off-the-court stuff matters. And, like, if you have guys that their vibes aren't right, they can – Tear a locker room apart. And with this group, I think for the most part, everybody's vibes are coming correct. And you're seeing yeah. them come together and you're seeing that translate the four. And I think this is an easy segue into Scoot. Have you noticed how much Scoot's a rah rah
2: guy? Oh, uh, you know what's funny is I've noticed Scoot is such a rah rah guy that there was a play when Shaden made it, Scoot was on the bench. Shade made the play, mm-hmm. and Scoot came off the bench and flexed on the court at mm-hmm. the crowd as if he was the guy making the play. That was that was the Tice.
1: That was the shade and step back at, at Saint yes. Daniel Tice into the shadow realm. He's he's not just a
2: raw rah guy. If
1: you watch the if you watch the replay and just look at the top left corner, you can just see Scoot lose his mind.
2: He he reacts as if he's the one making mm-hmm. the play. I yeah, I've absolutely noticed it. It's 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 he's on the court when he's celebrating. It's crazy. And he finally had a great game. He shot 50% from the field. He had three of four threes, career high 19 points. He dished out six dimes. You mentioned what he was doing on defense. Like that was his best game as a pro. I was really happy for him. No matter what the opinions are, I'm not rooting against anybody. I was really happy to watch Scoot have that game because you know what? That game means something to him. It's not the game, it's the opponent. He he looked up to uh Russ growing up. I mean and yeah. Russ busted his ass in that first game. Kind of and of cheated him. He did. And I think he noted that and he yeah. played a really good game. I know we agree on his jump shot mechanics and how but like he had a great game last night, so we, we need to recognize that. No, and I
1: think the, the ball going in, um, uh, shout out to Mike Richmond, I think he called it BGI ball go in. Um, I noted it last night on Twitter on live. Like, yes, the shots going in make everything look better, it's always going to make everything look better. That's just going to be it, but I also think that Scoot has pulled the reins back like. A couple of the opponents that I talked to said that Scoot was out there playing without a plan, which makes sense. That's a good way of
2: putting it. Yeah.
1: Like he doesn't know what he wants to do, how he wants to do it, and how he's going to get there. Like Dame was always a guy of like, I'm going to set this guy up and I'm going to do dit, dit 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 If he does this, I'm going to do this. If he does this, I'm going to do this. If, he, if they take this away, I'm going to do this. Those were all built up. <clears throat> D told me that was, uh, I think it was year four year four that sink in year four of the four-year college guy said it was around year four that things started to slow down and he knew what teams wanted to do and how he wanted to attack it on a nightly basis scoot is like scratching the surface of like i can get to that mid-range pull-up here i can take this guy off the bounce if I'm in the open court, I can push it out and try to really put pressure here. He is no longer playing at breakneck pace and like the tears rolling back out of his eye because, you know, the he's he's got to squint to see through things because he's moving too quick. Yeah, he's still playing fast, he's still getting into stuff, but he's limiting just how much he's forcing things. Yeah, I, I was going to say. That's that's what's been different the last couple games.
2: The, the pressing doesn't feel, you know, he's Overwhelming. not driving into the cup and it feels like, oh, oh, what am I doing? Like, there's, it, it didn't seem like he had that last night, the no. way that he has in so many of the other games.
1: No, and I think that's the big part of it is, I don't think the game's slowing down. I don't think he's maturing. I think you're just seeing just a smidgen of growth. And that's yeah. what this is supposed to be. And this is why I continue to want him to come off the bench. Like, barring something massive changing, I think Scoot should finish the year out of the bench.
2: I think that would be a really good place for him.
1: Because that's a place where, by the end of the year, what I hope to see is that he's able to dictate something to a defense. I'm going to get to this mid-range pull-up, whether you want me to or not. You're trying to take this away? No. I've got to move and a counter move to get there. Nothing you can do about it. I'm going to get there. Or, oh, i got to switch? I got a big on me? Oh, he's playing drop heavy on me? Cool. I'm still going to attack your chest and attack your hips and play tight to you and not round out my drives Yeah. so that I can keep pressure on you and collapse the defense and then find a pass. Like, I want to find, and it doesn't need to be perfect, I just want him to see something, recognize it, have a plan. I don't care if it's a crappy plan. Have a plan cobbled together with popsicle sticks, tape, and Elmer's glue, a plan.
2: He, I'm, he I'm not asking like, for Ocean's Eleven. Danny, it felt like there was a possession, and I, um, it was either second or third quarter, but there was a possession where he was out on the break, dribbling up, and it just, I don't know, the way it felt and looked, it, it looked exactly what you're talking about, the plan. It just He looked like he locked in. He knew what he was doing, and he wasn't going to hesitate or second guess it, and he hits a little floater. And I'm just like, yes, yes, that that, right there in those moments. And he had a few of those last night because he did shoot 16 times and hit eight of them. Those are the moments to me. And I think should be for everybody else that like like when those happen, you're you're doing the Leonardo DiCaprio like cigarette and beer like (laughs) (laughs) that's it. And that was to me like that was one of the moments last night watching it. I do think we need to highlight something else. And it's it's scoot adjacent. Hell, you could take the what is real to you and what's not real to you uh thing too, and scoot here. I I want to commend Chauncey on this because I think Chauncey, given everything thrown at him this year with the injuries and the youth and the kind of the rebuilding on the fly veteran young guy thing, man, they're six and sixteen, so we're not talking about record here, but when you say intensity, when you say so Tomani playing heavy minutes. You're talking about running Jabari occasionally at the five when you're when you're down. When you're talking about saying, Scoot, you're a starter, and then saying, no, nah, Scoot, you're gonna come off the bench. Like when you're handling all of that, I think, I think given everything, Chauncey's he's impressed me. He has. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't been the biggest Chauncey guy. I the record is obviously not great. It but is what it I'm is because seeing, of
1: circumstances.
2: I'm seeing a team give a damn try, fight back, and they're, I like they're how making he's kind of handling the scoop. Like, yeah, hmm. making adjustments. You, you've you mentioned it before. All the actions they do try, even though people think every possession's ISO because yeah. it kind of boils down at the end of a shot. Like, Go get a shot. Oh, crap. Because okay. four
1: other things didn't work because it's, like, it's a little rough because guys have been in and out of the lineup. Yeah.
2: Yes, yeah. Hell, and, and defensively,
1: they've they've kind of scrapped the zone a lot. They they they've junked it up a little bit every now and then. But for the most part, they're man to man principles. And even some of the times when they go into zone, they have some pretty strong man to man principles within their zone. So sometimes it kind of hides it. Um, but like you see them making changes. Like we were doing the watch party last night, and and shout out uh, one of the guys who got me to lose my mind and tear my headset off because he wanted to argue with me over things that the Blazers were and weren't doing. And he, I mentioned something like they're they're running a coverage for X or Y. And he's like, well, that's crazy. I'm like, no, they, they're they doing what worked in the first half. They aren't going to change until the Clippers change. That's what Ty Lue mm-hmm. is, the Clippers. That's what everybody loves about Ty Lue is like he does this thing, like he'll do something different until you beat it, and then he'll change it. So they were running drop with Moses Brown in the first half, and they didn't attack Moses Brown in pick and rolls. Well, in the second half, they've got Moses Brown at, at running drop and Kawhi Leonard's like hitting like 18 foot, 14 foot pull-up mid-rangers. Look, yeah. that's a Kawhi Leonard shot, but you don't want Kawhi getting to the rim or getting deep into the paint, collapsing your defense and spraying out to three. Like, if the thing you're gonna give up is Kawhi Leonard lightly contested mid range pull ups, so be it. But what changed right. was James Harden started running pick and rolls of Zubash and pulling Moses Brown up higher. And then, then guess what happened? The next stoppage, bloop, Dwap Wreath, right back in at center. Like, mm-hmm. like, they make you break them before they change. Now, they'll, like I said, they'll throw a junk defense in there out of a timeout just to kind of switch some things up. But for the most part, they're going to have a, a, a relatively simple defensive game plan. But they're going to make you break things before they change anything, because they can't necessarily dictate a ton. But what they can do is they can have a strong foundation on their principles, and then you can kind of adjust from there. Like that's those are the things that like I that I are, are those new to you? Sure. Is is that
2: new to you though? I mean, you're saying Ty Lu, He was obviously on the bench with Ty Lue for a season in LA before coming to Portland. Mm-hmm. Is that somewhat new? Are you noticing that with him, given? He's had some weird teams. He came in with these expectations. His mm-hmm. team was, oh, run it back, and then everything gets blown up and started over. But then, like, it doesn't, and then it finally does, and here we are. Is this a new thing that you're noticing with him? That like he's doing the Tai lou I'm gonna hit you with it until I see you adjust, and then I'll adjust to your adjustment.
1: Uh, I think there's a there's a pretty steady commitment to that. I think the big thing is is like number one personnel. I'll always, I'll beat that horse to death and come back a week later and kick it again. For sure. Personnel is the thing that matters the most. You've got size, you've got length, you've got athleticism. You can, you can do more things and commit more resources to that end. But to say that Chauncey hasn't learned anything in three years is kind of, not even kind of, it's naive. As much as we talk about, like, you know, the players have grown. Chauncey's growing too. Like again, is he the best coach in the NBA? No, no, that's that's Eric Spoelstra's mantle. Nobody's taking that from him. But is Chauncey learning? And are we seeing a team compete and play the like the? Remember when he said he wanted to see this team be a team that teams don't like to play? Yes, they're that team right now.
2: They're finally the team because I mean, I'll, can I add one real yeah. quick caveat to it? And by the way, I'm not suggesting he he can't learn. I'm merely saying like it feels like he he has though in year three when you're talking about doing things like i'm just gonna keep hitting you with this until i see you stop it i noted the golden state game and last night's game obviously ty loses guy but steve kerr is not somebody he coached with i feel like when you watch these into the game things especially these games where they either come back and make it tight or they compete the whole way through i feel like Danny, you're seeing coaches basically dap him up and say your team's not fun to play.
1: You that that's actually happened at least a half dozen times.
2: I it, it has to be more than that, given all because I'm watching specifically oh. for this at the end of the a game. A lot, a lot of. Jesus, man! I know. Yes, yeah. No, that's
1: happened a lot. Of like, that's a tough, it's a tough little team. You got there. Like, they're not the Wizards.
2: You know what no, I mean? Yes, like, they're, bad, they're not, the, they're the, not Wizards. the Wizards. They're not
1: the Pistons. They're not the Spurs. Like, yes. remember, and we talked about this, like what version of this team like they, they'll probably be the fourth worst team in the league like we all we kept saying the Pistons and the Wizards they're gonna be bad and it's like it's
2: they'll be right around there at the end of the year they just will I know other people have thoughts but but like, it we looks know where this different go.
1: like and the other thing is shout out the Warriors we love those Warriors that draft picks looking better and better for Portland each week hey,
2: uh it did what what did they end up um I forgot to bring this up to you and text it to you. Did the I'm surprised the Warriors uh hurt Gary Payton II with all of their poor medical staff stuff. right like yeah I'm, no
1: they they didn't they didn't shoot him up a tour at all either
2: crazy that's weird
1: yeah I've had a more than a few group chats who were like mmm hate to see it
2: yeah really bummed go beeves <laughs> <laughs> hate to see that happen
1: to a top notch organization
2: but yeah I mean that that was that was it for me I mean I, I've just I've been I think I've enjoyed it it's uh, – they've had some games where you're just rolling your eyes and you're like, oh, I hate this. But for the most part, like, I know when they play Utah on Thursday, they're going to give them hell if not win the game outright because Utah sucks. So, ant going off, yeah, having a great and game.
1: I, I have a reeling suspicion that they're going to be healthier then, although um, –
2: Brogdon's probably playing, right?
1: I have – little to no reason to suspect that he won't because i haven't been told anything about him being remotely serious um i did talk to jg before the last game yeah to be blunt my guy's going through it right now
2: dude concussions it's crazy that football players play it's his fourth oh
1: it's jg's fourth like that's a controversial number like I, I I tend to worry, but like when he took that shot, like I if you if you watch the playback from that from that game from me doing the watch party, you will see me jump and say a lot that I won't say on the podcast. Like I yeah. I, I was genuinely scared for him. Um, he'll be back, but when I talked to him, he had his hood up. He's still he's still fighting it a little bit, and that's why he didn't make the the trip to to L.A. Um. Maybe Thursday. Hmm. But DA? DA, it's a little harder to tell. Like he's seven foot, so every time it's you hear lower body, you're like, Yeah, take time. Yeah,
2: you gotta be take time. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Don't don't risk it. Don't risk it, especially here, because I don't want to hear about how (laughs) Blazers big men legs are cursed. Take your time. They don't need you this season. Please don't do this. Um But we'll see. We'll see what comes out of that. And then, like I said, with Brog, um, Brog's just the kind of guy you got to manage. He just gets banged up.
2: He's Knee soreness of... always worries me. I know it's precautionary stuff, but He's, it always worries me.
1: He—that's just him. Like if you look, if you just go look at his career, it's like not. I hear you. It's like just yeah. Stuff just happens to some guys. Some some guys' bodies just aren't meant to play eighty-two. Yeah. You know, I, I'd argue. In fact, most guys aren't. Meant to play eighty two. It's the freaks like Dame who play, you know, eighty two for seven straight years, or West Matthews before his Achilles goes.
2: Dude, like I'm that. old enough to watch LeBron and go. I'm hurting watching him. I don't know how he's doing this, brother. That man is three months
1: younger than me. Isn't that cr- Holy shit, you are old. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh uh, so, uh sh- shout out Ricky out, out, out at Palomar he said he's old he's like oh my god I'm old I'm older than Malcolm Brogdon I replied to his tweet with I, w- I enlisted in the Air Force before Scoop was born <laughs> yeah so if you want to feel old I, I was uh, I've had the same surgery that Ant had on the, his thumb and uh-huh. Shay had obviously the same he had the wrap on his thumb when we were talking about it before a game I was like yeah I know I had the same kind of thing and uh, I can I can take and, like, dislocate that thumb now. Like, it has, like, a I you don't know if that pop came through on the mic. I can take and, like, literally pull it and put it in a weird place and then, like, reset it. And he was like, oh, my God. And I kind of started showing him, like, a couple different injuries. And he was like... Like, the look on his face was disgusted. And Ryan's locker is right next to his. And I was kind of listing, all like, the all amount. He was looking at his phone. And he just slowly looked up at me. Like are you kidding me? Like as I started going down the list of things and then I looked at both of them I'm like, and every single one of them happened before either of you were born.
2: <laughs> you've got to be a, you've got to be a topic of conversation in that lock. Oh no, it's not, like, it's, it's no, no, it's come up. Like it's when, when you're oh, not there, when I'm there, it's come up. Right. But when you're so not I, there, so, so like, I
1: know it's come up
2: when I'm not there. Are you kidding like me? Like that guy is, I don't know how he's still alive. It sounds like he's Dead, but Yo, he's still here.
1: Nas used to joke about it all the time. Like it was just like because you know he saw me go through the multiple hip surgeries. And he was like, What are you doing here? Like you <laughs> lunatic? You just had her surgery like six weeks ago. Why are you in here? But I, I say all that because it was just it, it's 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 interesting to kind of see where these guys are and just how young they really are. Yeah. Like, they are so young, dude, and they have so much in front of them, and yes, the chat's going crazy right now. Uh, Draymond Green is going to get suspended.
2: <laughs> what happened? I'm I'm not watching. He he just
1: he just got he just run blocked Bradley Beal.
2: Oh, Beal came back tonight too.
1: Yeah, like my my entire
2: timeline right now on Twitter is suspended. Dude, if he's not suspended for like, I mean, what was the last one? Eight games or yeah. some joke? Yeah, that's, Let's see if it's on. Oh, I can't wait to get that first round. And there. this is
1: after he spun and he punched Yusuf Nurkic.
2: Oh, he punched Nurk
1: in the head. Oh sh-
2: Oh, that's intentional. Dude, he he's got to be, bro. You got to sit this ass clown. That's, that's
1: twenty five games with his. Get back, out of here! No, he background. should be out
2: for the year. This is ridiculous, that's, dude. Yeah. I'm tired of this guy. Yeah, that's intentional. That is insane. That's the least... That's a sucker punch. That's absolutely a sucker punch. He's going to try to play that off. Oh, it was spinning. He was holding me. Like, get out of here, dude. Unbelievable. All right.
1: It's a good place to end it. All right. Draymond <laughs> yeah. Dean yeah. being a dirt bag. Uh, Thank you guys for being here. We will uh, be back on schedule doing at least two of these a week, if not more. Um, I'm feeling a lot better. I'm still struggling. But, hey, that's what drugs are for. Shout out, Big Pharma.
2: Well, it's a weird shout out, but sure. <laughs>
1: Look, man, it allows me to do what I can do now.
2: I feel, I feel that it I feel is what it is.
1: Hey, the great part about this is Draymond getting shut down will definitely help the Blazers lottery pick odds. So, uh, what is it? Top four protected, right? Top four. Yeah, they're not going to be that bad.
2: Well, you got to hope ping pong balls. You know what I mean?
1: Fifth would be good. Fifth, felt like fifth. Fifth would be great. Hello. Fifth, fifth, two top five picks.
2: How about number two and five? I would huh? say
1: two and five. Mm-hmm. Two and five together, great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Like, great view, subscribe, help us grow the show. Totally forgot my, my tags there. I was like, uh, what are they again? You can find us on social media, at Danny Moran, at Brandon's Break, at Jack Ramsey's. Do the show more often. You won't forget these things, jackass. Uh, email the show, jackramseys at gmail.com. And as always, you can catch Brandon every morning, 6 to 9 a.m. on 1080 The fan with his co-host. Have a show tomorrow, 7.30. Hey, you got the Haber show coming in. Yeah. Um, and then uh, on top of that, uh, Brandon will take like three weeks off for the month of December.
2: Yeah, easy it's it's like t- it's 11 days okay it's 11 days it's, <laughs> it's not it's, three it's, weeks. it's
1: not a full isaac rob <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Yeah. laughs> you should uh, call that an isaac and souk man yeah, the whole month of december used to be there Hum,
1: babe Love them on schedules It's great if you can find them. Be in radio for 20 years And that's what happens uh, uh, You can find me of course Noon to 3 On Danny and Dusty Also on 1080 The Fan uh, Like, rate, review, subscribe Also find us on YouTube On 1080 AM The Fan Help us grow the channel There you can come hang out With us during the show uh, All yes. the shows During Brandon's show During my show And during Isaac Sook YouTube live The streams are up and running You can interact And talk to us Throughout our shows Other than that uh, I'm going to go laugh At Draymond Green And find out just how long People think he's going to be gone So uh, everybody have a wonderful uh take care talk soon mm, bye